Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. So I hope and pray that instead of letting those trials and those troubles make you bitter, that they'll make you better. That's what the Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I'll talk a little bit more about that tonight. That's kind of our little bit of our subject tonight. We're going to talk about spiritual growth and all of that encompasses trust in the Lord and what all goes along with it. So let's uh, pray. We'll look over at 1 John chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 12 and just look at three verses tonight, 12, 13, and 14. Lord, we thank you for this time. We just thank you for your word. We thank you for all these guys that are here. Thank you for their service. Lord, we uh, ask that you would just bless each and every one of them, Lord. If there's somebody here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, I pray that they would understand and who you are and trust you and grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and that you would help them be what you want them to be, Lord. And to be better, not bitter. Lord, bless this time and just get me out of the way, Lord, and speak. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So if you think about it, I'm trying to think of what the guy's name is. I think it's Tim. Somebody I know from a long time ago. I became friends with him on Facebook. And they said their son's in the jail and... It made me think about y'all because apparently he was doing, you know, doing Christian things and and going to church and all that. And then he went to service, went in the army, and and then he came back out and got into drugs. And now he's been arrested many times in many places, and right now in the in the jail and they really in the jail the where he's at they're not really letting a whole lot of people in they're not letting the chaplains in they let the officers in but they're not really letting anybody else in this lady she's already lost a daughter to drugs and now she's got this son that's hooked on it too and locked up so said he was all right until he went into service and made me think about him and then somebody else asked me to pray for S-I-N-A, Sina, Sina. So y'all lift those people up and uh, their families. There's a lot of tough stuff going on. So let's get into the Word of God. And we're back at 1 John, all the way near the back of your Bible. And just because we're covering three verses, I don't know how long it'll take me to get through them. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, somebody sometimes people think that you supposed to rush through the word and I heard somebody say this a long time ago it's not about how much of the word you go through but how much of the word goes through you I used to teach a Sunday school class and and the guy was my buddy and he all, he, he worked a lot you know was a CPA and he, he'd get to that time of season where he's just working all kinds of crazy hours and couldn't come to church and he was just trying to survive to do what he needed to do and, and I teach and he say well did you cover one verse or two today <laughs> so 
So let's look at 1 John, and we're going to start in verse 12 today. But remember the book of 1 John is in, uh, the whole theme of the book really, I think, is in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. He says, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue, or you may believe in the name of the Son of God. So, in other words, you whole point of that book is that you may can know that you have eternal life right some people don't think you can know that you have eternal life but the bible says whoever believes has eternal life it says over and over and over again this is eternal life that you know him the true god and jesus who he sent right over and over and over again it says it has and jesus said i came that you might have joy peace and abundant life and and the whole point of of becoming a Christian is not just that I go to heaven one day, guys. You know, I mean, that's what I grew up believing. You know, I was a pretty good fella, and, and you know, one day I was going to uh, get married, join the church, have some kids, live happily ever after, and go to heaven because I was a pretty good fella. And then I found out how bad a fella I really was, you know. But, you know, that's not how you go to heaven. You go to heaven by trusting in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And it's not just about where you're going, but it's about here and now. Jesus said that he came to me, might have joy and peace and abundant life. And, and, and you can have those in spite of the troubles, in spite of the problems, in spite of the difficulties, if you just trust in him. And that's what's important about our lesson tonight, where we're going to talk about spiritual growth. And, and we've been talking about these tests. That there's a test of the doctrinal test. Who, do you, who is your Jesus, right? Is he the Jesus who, who uh, was born of a virgin? He, he died literally bodily on the cross. And that's part of the problem with this book, is people were saying that Jesus was not really God. He was... He was uh, Man and then the Spirit of God had dwelled him, and then and then when he went on the cross, the Spirit left, or or he really wasn't God; it was just the Spirit of God. But the Bible says that Jesus literally bodily came to Earth, was born of a virgin naturally. One day he's literally bodily coming again. Salvation is by grace through faith in Christ alone, by faith alone. No works involved. You work if you're saved, not because you want to have to, but because you want to. They're P.S. Thank you, God, for what you did for me. You want to please somebody when you love them, right? And so there's the doctrinal test, and then there's the morality test. Do you obey his word? He goes through these, if we say, if we say, if we say. Over and over again, these people say that they have eternal life, but these were these people that said they know. Remember, John's writing this book, and he keeps saying, "I no, 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 no," because these people—they were called agnostics—and they said, "We got this super knowledge. We know we're going to heaven." But they say they're saved, but they can live any way they want to, and that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, if you're saved and been changed, then you're a new creation. The old things have passed away; all things become new. Your desires change. You want to's change. No, we don't do them perfectly. Yes, we fall. Yes, we fail. Yes, we still sin. Just because I'm a Christian don't mean I'm perfect. Everybody say, oh, you're a Christian and you, know, you did this, you did that. You know, I'm not perfect. Never have been, never will be. I always tell people, go home and ask my wife. And then I say, no, don't go do that because she'll tell you. <laughs> you know, because she knows I'm not perfect. 
You know, I heard one guy, a preacher, he says, the bad thing about being a preacher is as I go home and my wife expects me to live out everything I preach, you know? And, and nobody can do that. I mean, Paul said I hadn't arrived. He hadn't made it. So there's the doctrinal test. There's the moral test. And, and then there's the love test, right? We talked about that last week. We talked about the, the love test. There's a new commandment. It's new, not just in time, but it's new in quality because Jesus says, love as I have loved you, right? How did he love? He loved them to the end. He died for them. He died for us. That's the kind of love he's talking about. Y'all understand that to some point. But the Jesus died on our cross, and when he died on the cross, he was dying in our place, dying for our sins. He took our hell, guys. I mean, when it was dark, when it was black, when it was night, and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's when he was paying for our sins. And I'm kind of where I was going to end up at, but you know, the last thing he says is, it is finished. Your sin debt has been paid in full. And that's the first thing we need to understand about being a Christian is, is we have to put our trust in Him, believe in Him, and ask Him to forgive us and save us and change us. Because on our own, guys, we're never going to change. You know that. I know that. We've tried, we tried, we tried. You know, we, we try and then we go back to doing it two or three times or four times as bad as we were before we quit, right? You know the feeling. I know the feeling. But the only way we can really truly change is if we trust Christ and then we trust Him because He gives us the power to say no. He gives us the power to live the Christian life. He gives us the ability and the power and the want to to do what's right. Until then, guys, we're not going to make it. We're just going to keep on doing the same old thing and getting the same old results. And that's what they call stupidity. That's what they call stupidity in the, in the programs, right? That's the definition of stupidity, doing the same old thing and, and, and thinking you're going to get a different result. But it never changes, does it? So, as we look at chapter 2, we're going to get into verse 12 through 14. And, and he says, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you have overcome the wicked men, wicked one. I write to you little children because you have known the Father. I've written to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. So he kind of goes through these things and why he repeats these things I really don't know. But what he's doing here is he's telling us this section of scripture says that true Christians are a part of the family of God and they grow into Christ's likeness. In other words, Jesus said we're to be like him, right? Be holy as he is holy. Be perfect as he is perfect. We can't be perfectly holy, but we our goal is to be as much like Christ as we can be here because one day we're going to be like him up there, right? As much as a man can be or, or a woman can be or a person can be. And so he says, I write to you little children. And here he's, he's using a word that speaks to all believers. He says, I'm writing to all those who are believers. And remember I said the gospel is in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 3 and 4 that Jesus died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again the third day. That's what we need to believe and trust, right? 
We ask God to forgive us. We ask God to save us. We turn from our sins. We turn to him. And it's not just something we do up here, but it's, it's, a, it's in the heart. It's something from here, right? From the depths of our heart. We know that we can't make it. We know we can't do it on our own. And so we ask God to forgive us and save us and change us. And so that's what happens. And so we become believers. And I'm just going to read a couple of verses. It says in Romans 4, 7, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. He said whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. His blood shed on the cross paid for our sins, right? Colossians 2.13 says, You being dead in the trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he is made alive together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses. And in John 19.30, Jesus, when he received the sour wine, said, It is finished, and he bowed his head, he gave up his spirit. And in John 3.7, Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, You must be born again. So think about this, guys. You must be born again. That means to be born from above. That's what that word believer means. It means to be born from above. You cannot be born that which is of the flesh is flesh. Go read John 3 later on. Nicodemus, he couldn't get it at the time. Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Everybody's born of the flesh. But you got to be born again. you got to be born twice to go to heaven. You're born first of your mama, and then you got to be born again of the Holy Spirit. That's that forgiveness of sins. That's that crying out to God and say, oh God, I'm a sinner. Save me and change me. Because you know you can't get there on your own. And you know you can't change on your own. And then he forgives you and saves you and begins to change you from the inside out. That's salvation. When you want to change. When you've cried out and you know that you ask God to forgive you and save you, and you begin to see the want-tos in your life change. That's, that's salvation, guys. That's real change. That's not programs. That's not just say no. That's, that's real change. And that's the only way real change happens. And so he tells us that he adopts us as his children at that point, right? We become his sons. Do you know in the Roman law, just a little side note, that the Romans, they could do just about anything they wanted to. The dads could to their kids and their wives. They could divorce their wives. They could disown their kids. They could do just about anything they wanted to. But if they adopted a child, they could not do any of those things. They could not disinherit them. They could not do anything. And that's what the Bible says, that Jesus adopted us as sons. That means we could never be put aside. We can never be taken away from him out of his family. So let's look at three levels of spiritual maturity. And these levels of spiritual maturity do not correspond. They don't match up with anything to do with age or, or time or sex or anything like that. It has absolutely nothing to do with how old you are or how long you've been a Christian. Sometimes there's people that have been Christians all their life and you know what they are? They're spiritual babies. And that's why the church, that's why the world is in the shape it's in because the spiritual babies haven't been doing the things that they're supposed to do to share with the people. Instead of loving people, We a lot of these people say they just don't want to do what they're supposed to do. And they're not sharing Christ and they're not doing the things they ought to be doing. 
So Job 3.32.9 says, The abundant in years may not be wise. <laughs> Just because you got age don't mean you're wise, right? First time I ever took a buddy of mine to the prison, and there was a guy in there 86 years old. And he was just like amazed. I said, man, we start these things sometimes when we're youngins. And some people never quit. That boy died in the prison at about 88 years old, right? He never learned the lessons outside. I think he became a Christian before he died, but he was in there for life. He wasn't getting out. And he died in there. He's talking about these spiritual levels and then the he begins to talk about who they are. So he says, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. And his name's sake means for the sake of God, for Jesus, right? For what he did and who he is, right? We sing the song, I don't know if y'all know that song, Glory to His Name. I can't sing it for you, but, you know, the whole bottom line is is God gets the glory. And it's all about him. And Jesus died in our place and died for our sins, and he, he gets the glory. Jesus says, if you don't believe I am he, you know, you don't believe that I'm the son of God, you don't believe I'm the child of the Father, you don't believe I'm the one that came to die in your place, you're going to die in your sins, right? And so he's, his names say, it means that he is the one we are to look to, Right? I'm just going to kind of go, even though these things kind of, they kind of go children and then they go fathers and then they go young men. I'm just going to kind of go in order. I'm going to go children and then we're going to go young men and then we're going to talk about spiritual fathers. So the, he says, I write to you little children. That's talking about all believers. Everybody that's a Christian. Everybody that's trusted Christ. These are the ones he says here. Verse 13, he goes on down to... He actually goes down in verse, into verse 13, and then he says, I write to you little children because you have known the Father. Let's go to that. He says, because you have known the Father. And the word here means a little child, right? What does a little child know when they're first born? Not much of anything, right? All they know is maybe mama or daddy. And he says, you have known the Father. There's that word know again, right? This is eternal life that you know. The true God and Jesus whom he sent. That's a deep, intimate knowledge, right? But, but you start out just knowing a little bit, right? And he says these are new Christians because they've been forgiven of their sins, but they're not mature. They can't deal with Satan. They can't do those things. Ephesians 4.13 and 4.14 says, Be no longer children, tossed here and there by waves and carried by every wind of teaching or doctrine by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. You know, children are affectionate. They're easily drawn into relationships, but they don't have any ability to discern between right and wrong and, and good people and bad people. And so you tell your kids, don't talk to strangers, right? They're easily deceived. They're easily trick they're easily believe anything right you tell a little kid something and what do they do they believe it right they believe anything you tell them because they don't know anybody they hadn't been trained to know that people will do things like that to them right and there's a newness of life 
I don't know how many of y'all are Christians. I don't know if all of y'all are, how many of y'all are, whatever. But, yeah, I just remember I was reading this, and, and it says there's a newness of life. Little children are more, I guess, moved by their emotions than their knowledge. More by feelings than information. In other words, I guess when I was a young Christian, I was thinking about back when I was a young Christian, I started telling everybody about the Lord, you know. I was just telling everybody. And wanted them to have what I had, just talking about it. One of the guys one day, he says, well, if you, if you want to talk about that so much, why don't you go be a preacher? And I, I didn't know at the time. The Lord was kind of calling me at the time. And I says, well, I just might. And he went, about fell on the floor, you know. He didn't know what to say about that. But, you know, it was just, I was so excited because God had changed me and done a work in me and, and everything was new. Like I said, if you're a new creation in Christ, right? But some believers, they might be Christians for 20 or 30 or 40 years and they don't spend any time in the Word. They don't read the Bible. They don't do the things. They don't apply the principles that they do read and study. And so they stay as children, Right? You remember how Peter was when he was first Christian? He was always sticking his foot in his mouth, right? Always getting in trouble, right? And over and over and over, Peter just kept doing stupid things. That's kind of what you do when you're a new Christian. You do stupid things because, man, you just want to wanna do something for the Lord, right? And you just want to do anything. You want to do something. And then sometimes you just do stupid things because you're trying to do the right thing, but you don't know enough about the Word to sometimes always to do the right thing, right? As a child, you just don't know much. And so you make a lot of mistakes. And you know, that's where a lot of people get messed up when they become a child of the king. They, they think that life is just going, because you become a Christian, they think that all of a sudden everything's supposed to be easy and wonderful and nothing's ever hard. You know, you're healthy, wealthy, and prosperous as some people like to teach. I keep telling them, go read the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11 where Paul says, I've been shipwrecked, beat five times with rods, three times with stripes. I've been in the sea a day and a night. I've been in peril of robbers and peril of countrymen, peril of Gentiles. I've been in hungers and fastings and all these things. And besides all that, my care for the church, right? <laughs> Damn, talk about some hardships. This guy went through it all, right? But yet, he says this was a momentary light affliction which makes heaven more glorious for him. But see, people just don't grow. People don't change. And they don't do the things they ought to do. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, 
to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to the Lexington and Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 8.32